Welcome to Verified Rx, your prescription for success. Brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. When we looked at the data supporting alvimapan use, almost all of the data that supported its efficacy was in open surgical procedures, not in minimally invasive procedures. However, internal Vizient utilization data, as well as just experience, shows that a lot of organizations are using alvimapan in those minimally invasive procedures. A comprehensive enhanced recovery after surgery program can greatly improve the patient experience and their outcomes. However, the literature in this area is not always straightforward or aligned with current practice. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director with the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence and your program host. Vizient set out to determine which interventions have the best evidence to improve bowel recovery after colorectal surgery. And here to tell us about it are two of my Vizient colleagues, Dr. Karen Smethers, Senior Director of Pharmacy Networks, and Dr. Mark Nino, Senior Consulting Solutions Director. Welcome, Karen and Mark. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into the details of the evidence review, Mark, really, what is an enhanced recovery program following surgery? Oh, thanks, Gretchen. That's a really great question and actually a very important question. This dates back for several years to the concept of improving patient outcomes relative to surgery. And really the goal with enhanced recovery programs was to improve the patient's time to discharge, thus minimizing some of the adverse effects that a patient might encounter for a prolonged hospital stay. So when we really think about enhanced recovery programs, we're thinking about strategies that are used to be very specifically tailored to the patient. And most times, and I think most organizations, these are going to look like protocols or policies, some standard care path. When I think about the ultimate goal with these programs, really the design is to make sure that the patient can get to ambulation quicker. That is, they can get up and move around and get back to normal, and that should lead to an earlier discharge. Generally, these programs have four pillars or four tenets that you really like to think about. One is that they're patient-centered. The idea that all regimens that are used, whether they involve medications or whether they involve non-medication therapies, are designed specifically for the patient. So they're tailored to the patient. The other piece of this that's important, the other pillar, is that they're multimodal. The idea of multimodal is that we're using different approaches together that work synergistically and that they are designed to optimize the patient's needs and their outcome in the surgical area. Next is that they're multidisciplinary, and I think this is very important. And here we're really talking about the idea of engaging the patient, the caregivers, the patient's family to really understand the patient's needs and design a regimen that's going to speed the patient's recovery. And then most importantly, and probably what relates most specifically to the work that we're going to be talking about a little bit later, is that these are evidence-based approaches. That is that really they're based on the medical literature, the evidence that supports good outcomes with the minimum amount of risk to the patient. And I think that's really the key takeaway that as we begin to have our discussion today is going to be most important. I think that's a great background. And Karen, why did Vizient want to look at this? Gretchen, we noticed there was significant variation in how our health systems were addressing bowel function following surgery. Some really focused on medication therapy and others on non-drug regimens. Vizian also observed that many health systems don't have standardized evidence-based approaches. We often rely on clinician preference or clinician experience. Mark, tell me a little bit about the process that Vizian took. 
Vizient used a process that they've used in the past and I think is very consistent each time you're going to delve into an important issue like this. And first and foremost was to convene a panel of experts. These are practitioners who have a great deal of experience in pain management, post-surgical environment, and to bring that group together and to really look at two principal domains. The first domain is that literature review, really to identify and assess and evaluate the clinical literature that exists and grade that literature based on the quality of outcomes that were able to be demonstrated in those trials. And while that sounds like a relatively straightforward process, it actually isn't. It's actually a fairly complicated process that requires a lot of time and a lot of energy. The other part that we included in that was to look at expert opinion. Since we have these experts, we really want to know what is the current practices they are seeing at their hospitals and that they're seeing out in the community as they engage in their profession. And to begin to take that expert opinion and formulate that as part of our assessment. Really within that area of expert opinion, there are two main pieces that we really wanted to know. You know, what are the factors that affect the decision-making for enhanced recovery? In other words, what are the decision points that, that organizations and individuals make? And then what are the challenges associated with addressing only a component of an enhanced recovery program versus the entire protocol? Because in many situations, many organizations, these protocols, as I mentioned earlier, are multimodal. They're multifaceted. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So, Karen, what evidence did Vizient review? As Mark mentioned, a comprehensive enhanced recovery after surgery program involves many different parameters, both pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic interventions. We looked at albimapam compared to placebo in open and minimally invasive surgeries. We also looked at other pharmacologic therapies such as caffeine and aloxigol and non-pharmacologic therapy. Examples of this include introduction of early oral feeding, goal-directed fluid therapy, and even gum chewing. Interesting. So from those interventions, what did you find had the best support? Interestingly, the strongest support was found not with medication therapy, but with early introduction of oral feeding. This improved time to first flatus and bowel movement and overall length of stay. It's not surprising. If the gut works, use it. In addition, the largest number of studies were done evaluating alvimapan compared to placebo in open surgical procedures. All the randomized controlled trials showed statistically significant reductions in time to first bowel movement compared to placebo. However, these studies were not done in the setting of a comprehensive enhanced recovery following surgery program. They did not control for other medication use, such as opioid sparing pain control or non-pharmacologic interventions such as early mobilization, early introduction of oral fluids and solids, and goal-directed fluid management. Another confounding factor was the majority of evidence was done in open surgical procedures. Well, Mark, what surprised you about the evaluation? That's a great question, Gretchen. Really, the two things that surprised me the most, and the one relates back directly to what Karen just said. When we looked at the data supporting alvimapan use, almost all of the data that supported its efficacy was in open surgical procedures, not in minimally invasive procedures. However, internal Vizient utilization data, as well as just experience, shows that a lot of organizations are using alvimapan in those minimally invasive procedures. What this shows us is that there's a tendency to infer the efficacy of an agent from one setting to another when the evidence may not actually support it. I think the other thing that surprised me the most was some of the results around the non-drug regimens like chewing gum and caffeine. 
These therapies have been used for years and years and years, usually handed down from one practitioner to the next. And I think they have almost achieved the status in many organizations of being established as efficacious. But when we really looked at the literature on caffeine or gum chewing, the benefits were minimal at best. I think the reason that they're often adopted is that they generally are regarded as being fairly safe. There really is a minimum of adverse effects that may occur when using these types of therapies. That is interesting. And really a question for either of you. How can a frontline pharmacist utilize this information in their daily practice? I'll jump in first, Mark. For our pharmacists listening out there, it's to remember it's not all about the drugs. Collaboration with health professionals, including our dietitian colleagues, our surgeons, other physicians, to develop evidence-based criteria or guidelines for the appropriate use of these therapies, both pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic, is critical. And Mark, your thoughts? I think the main value of this is really education. First, education of prescribers as to which therapies really are supported by the clinical literature as being effective so that they're not selecting therapies that really don't provide a value to the patient. And then secondly, education to the patient and the patient's family members. Oftentimes, patients and their family members will read about these things online and will suggest or ask for therapies that really aren't effective. And I think it's a frontline pharmacist's responsibility to make sure that the patients understand that the therapies that we prescribe are the ones that are effective and that the patients should adhere to, and they really should avoid those that are not going to provide a great deal of benefit. Great advice. Karen and Mark, thank you so much for joining us today to share your insights. And to our listeners... Please join us for more Verified Rx podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Verified Rx is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel. Thanks for listening.